Hey, what's going on everyone? Super excited to be with you this Sunday, Core Church. Emmy and I had a big week last week. Our little baby girl was born. Her name is Kennedy Gray Miller. Here's a picture right here. Uh, she is wonderful, she is beautiful, uh, she is healthy, mom is healthy, and so it has been a wonderful, wonderful week. And so in light of all of this, we're starting a new one-off series called What About Me? Someone write in the comments, tell me, say, what about me? What about me? Uh, we're starting a new series and I'm really excited to talk about this because we're going to be talking about the fact that you can be honest, you can be open, you can share your real true feelings, what it is that is weighing on your heart with your God. Christ wants to hear what you have to say. And so I want to share the scripture with you. This is what we're going to be centered on this week. This is Mark chapter 9 and if, I, if you want to get out your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 9 verses 23 through 24, but it says it like this. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. This father of this child who is hurting, this father of this child who has been, oh man, struggling for years and years since he was a little boy, okay? Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I love that statement. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. This man who was hurting, this man who was struggling with his child, went to Christ and said in a very open way, I, I think you can do it, but I'm struggling to believe this. And so I, I, I thought that that was very important to what our conversation is going to be today, the fact that you can be real with God. I want to say this, this is our bottom line for today. You do not have to be anything but yourself when it comes to your relationship with Christ. He wants you to be the authentic you. He wants to hear your voice, your thoughts, your words. He wants to know what's on your heart. And so you can approach this God. And yes, I know that sometimes it can be very hard for us to go to God. It can be very hard for us to go to Christ and think of what to say or what we can feel or is God listening at all? Does he really care? But no, the truth is, is that all you have to do is be yourself when it comes to your relationship with Christ. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk with you and he wants to know what's on your heart. And so with that being said, uh, obviously there's been a massive change in our household this week. Uh, no longer is it just my son Warren, but it is also my beautiful little daughter Kennedy. And so Warren has been adjusting. Uh, he has been the center of our world for three and a half years. He's been the center of his grandparents' world for three and a half years. It seems like everyone that Warren interacts with loves him and adores him. And all of a sudden, his pie is cut right in half, okay? And so now he has to share. Now mom and dad are concerned with a little girl that, you know, just came out of nowhere, right? And so his life has changed a little bit. Um, let me also speak to those parents, uh, with multiple kids. Uh, this is crazy. This is really crazy. Um, it's just a lot. <laughs> and so it's a big adjustment. Uh, not only is Warren hectic and crazy, but he's in need of attention and he needs, uh, helped or, uh, he wants to do something fun. And then you have this little thing that just kind of moves and cries and is hungry. And, and so it's just a whole new ball game for those parents. Uh, no longer are we in zone coverage. We're in man-to-man -man coverage for those people who understand football. Okay. And so life has changed. Uh, Warren is feeling it a little bit. Uh, we as parents had a terrible second night. The first night Warren was with his, his grandma and, and sleeping over her house. And then the second night was Warren's first night home. I've got to be honest with you. Kennedy was up until 3.30, 4.30, 5 
crying, screaming, need fed, all the works. And so I was hanging out with her until 3.30. And then in the other room, I hear my son having a little bit of a nightmare and crying. And so he was sad that evening. And so I was up the first night with the two of them up until 5.30 in the morning. Welcome to Parenthood, Two Children. Here we go. Um, and so the third night, the third night uh, with Kennedy home, it was quite an adventure. Uh, Warren wanted to hang out with mom and dad and it was getting close to bedtime. And so, hey, we were like, hey, bud, you got to go to bed and hang out and fall asleep so we can go to school tomorrow. Um, and the thing that was really funny is he went to bed, all was normal. He was upset like every night because he doesn't want to go to bed. But uh, he was upset, went to bed and we were hanging out, Emily, Kennedy and I for an hour or two after. Around 11 o'clock, I heard Warren crying in his room, and so uh, I went over to check on him, and I, I, this is where the story gets super emotional for me. I'm not gonna cry, I promise you, okay? And so he comes and he's like, hi, daddy, the sweetest, he knows how to milk it, first of all. So the sweetest voice ever, hi, daddy. I'm like, what's going on, buddy? How are you? What's happening? Did you have a bad dream? He said, no, I'm sad. And I said, well, what are you sad about, buddy? Here's where it gets real. Okay, again, I'm not going to cry, I promise you. He says, I'm sad about Kennedy. And I said, well, what are you sad about? We love Kennedy. And he said these words, oh, no, oh, don't do it, don't do it. He said, this is the, the only thing he said, four words, he said, or three words. He said, what about me? And I, as a parent, I melted on the floor. I fell to my knees. I started just kissing and hugging him. I told him how much I loved him, like how special he was to Emily and I. Like I showered him with all the encouragement and love. And all he said was, what about me? That's all he said. And so he really wanted to just lay down with us in bed and he wanted to be with us. And he was missing out on that opportunity. And so he was hurt, sad, and he, um, he, he feels that Kennedy is getting the attention right now. Let me just say this. I thought that this was like standing back from it for a little bit. This was an incredible thing that Warren just did. Um, he was able to at three and a half years old and yes, three year olds and, and little children are so innocent. He was at three and a half years old. He was able to communicate and verbalize what he was feeling on the inside. It was incredible. Like stepping back from the situation, how hard is it to share how we feel with our spouse or our husband or our wife? How hard is it to share what we feel with a friend? We can have conversations where maybe someone upset us and we don't share what we're feeling. How hard is it to go to mom and dad and talk about a dream that you may have or an aspiration that you wanna go do and we don't share that because we're afraid of what they might say? How hard is it to verbalize and vocalize what we are feeling in general. And here's this three and a half year old says, what about me? I, I'm not gonna cry. Says, what about me? And it was so, it was so powerful. And from him being honest and from him sharing what he really felt, I was able to, as a father, um, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of felt that that was happening earlier in the day. Uh, he, there was a moment where he was playing outside in the toy room and Emily, Emily and I were with Kennedy just caring for her and I felt that there might be, uh, Warren might be on the outside. And so as Warren's father, I knew that something was going on, but when he vocalized it and he spoke it out loud, my heart as a father was totally changed and aware of what Warren may have needed or might need, might need changed. 
And so I was blown away that a three-year-old can identify and communicate his feelings with his father. And uh, I want to tell you, church, that we have a problem. We have a problem in which we might have a hard time sharing our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, what's weighing on our heart, not only with one another, but also with God. There can be moments in yours or I, mine or your life that we don't want to share or we feel intimidated to go to God with what's weighing on our heart. And so I got to say this, in church, we typically love to pretend that everything is okay when we're truly dealing with some hardships. And this is a tendency that I have, that maybe God doesn't want to concern himself with a, a, a conversation or a situation like this. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe this is bad and maybe I shouldn't bring this to him. There are so many things that go through my mind personally that maybe even I put a wall up between me and Christ. And the truth is, is how special it would be and how powerful it would be if I went to God like Warren went to me and just was honest and open. And so I have a question for myself, and I want you to think about this for you as well. Have I gone to him recently with what is truly on my heart? Have I approached Christ with what I am truly feeling on the inside? If I've been hurt, if my expectations have been disappointed, if I feel that God is far away from me, have I gone to him and said, hey, where are you? Or, hey, God, I felt like it was going to turn out this way, and I'm disappointed, and I'm hurt. God, I don't know how to handle this relationship with my friend and they're hurting me or, or I'm confused and I need your help handling it. Do we, do we go to him with what is truly on our heart? And so that's the big challenge for today. Warren said, what about me? And his father didn't respond with, by pushing him away. His father didn't respond with some counterintuitive uh, remark that might be like a devil's advocate statement that might just push him down. No, his father his earthly father, father responded with love, with, with compassion, and was able to the next day make some adjustments so that Warren could be cared for the way that he needed. It is so powerful when we go to him with an honest heart. So I want to share this story with you. Uh, this is in Mark chapter 9. I, I wanted to encourage you earlier, get your Bible out, go and turn to Mark chapter 9. We're going to jump into the scriptures um, this, is, this is such a powerful story because here is this man who runs into Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. God sent him to be the atoning sacrifice for me and for you so that we could have a great relationship, a right relationship with our Heavenly Father, okay? And so Jesus was walking on this earth. He was teaching people about the kingdom of God and showing people the miraculous wonders of heaven. And all of a sudden, he runs into this man, and this man's kid has been struggling for years and years and years. Um, and so... The story picks up. The man goes and says, I need your help. So Jesus says, okay, bring me the boy. And so the story picks up. Verse 20, you can turn with it with me here. Uh, it says this, then they brought him to him, Christ. So they brought the boy to Christ. And when he saw Christ, immediately the spirit convulsed. So this man was deaf, okay? And he was convulsing on the floor and... Um, that wasn't an, an abnormal occurrence in this time when, when a spirit ran into Jesus, some crazy things happened, okay? And so the impure spirit uh, started convulsing within him. The boy fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And so he asked his father, he being Christ, asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? The father said, from childhood, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, 
have compassion on us and help us. So here comes the dialogue. Here begins the conversation with this father who has had this boy who has been struggling from childhood. Okay. The conversation begins. His words were so desperate. If you, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. His desperate words revealed how much this trial weighed on his heart. He was reaching out for a last ditch effort. If you can do anything, Lord, please have compassion on us. And so it weighed on his heart. It was a struggle that his family has been having for a long time. And imagine him going to this God, this Jesus, this Messiah saying, I need you. His words were desperate. He wasn't holding anything back. He wasn't putting up a facade. He wasn't trying to play Mr. Perfect Life. No, he was authentic and honest. And the conversation begins. Jesus says to him, this was the verse that we shared a little bit earlier. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. This, this is the what about me moment, okay? This is the moment where this man opens up and he says something audacious and bold to this God, to this Jesus, that... I hope that I can have this amount of honesty with Christ in my lifetime. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and he said with tears, again, there's desperation, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Imagine telling the God of the universe that you are having a hard time believing. You've given your life to Christ, you've made this journey, uh, or you've entered this journey with him, and and you believe that God is so good, and, and you believe that he's your savior, and you're going through this trial, which is life, and there's going to be many things that are difficult. And yet we have to go to him and say, God, I'm having a hard time with this. How much boldness, how much desperation, how much last ditch effort did this man have that he went to God and said, I believe, but I'm, I'm struggling. I, I, I believe that you are real. I believe that you can do anything, but What has happened in my life is really telling me not to. So imagine telling God that you're having a hard time believing. This man was incredibly honest from the depth of his heart. He was able to identify his feelings, his emotions, what he was going through in such a real and pure way, in a similar way to the what about me phrase. Jesus, he goes on, and I love this, that whenever he was honest, God steps up and he does something powerful. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and he came out of him. In other words, the boy finally was back to normal, finally received the healing that he's been looking for for years and years. And so healing, this is so important. Healing came after, after an open heart, an honest conversation with Christ. This man, this man opened up to Christ. This man shared what was really going on in the inside. And even though his faith wasn't at 100%, the honest and open conversation spurred Christ, a beautiful and wonderful father, to come forward and to do what only he could do. How powerful is that? There's so many other instances of this happening. Um, There was this moment where Jesus enters the town and he waits for us to communicate what we're feeling. He waits for us to tell him what we need. Even though Jesus is infinitely knowledgeable, he knows everything, right? He still waits for us to communicate with him. So he's going through this town. This man who is blind goes to him and says, Jesus, I need you. He's yelling in this town. 
These people are trying to quiet this man down. Look at the look at where the story goes. This is in Mark chapter 10, very next page. You can flip it. Mark chapter 10, it says this. Many rebuked him, this man who was blind, and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and he said, call him. In other words, bring him over. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. Verse 50 says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him this question as if it's not already obvious. Okay. What do you want me to do for you? This blind man who's desperate, sitting on the street, begging for people to be generous to him just so he can live day to day, right? What do you want me to do for him? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus was waiting for his word. Jesus knew exactly what he needed. Christ knew what he needed, but he waited to hear from him. Across the street, he could have just said, be healed, boom, and it was done. Or he could have just looked at him and said, I gotcha, and it was done. But he waited for this blind man to come to approach him and say, I need healing. I think that this reveals something that's very important to you and me, and that's communication with Christ is vital to our walk with him. We need to talk with him. We need to be open. We need to share what is on our heart daily with him and not be afraid to say some of the things that could be more extreme, not to be afraid to say, hey, I'm really struggling, not to be afraid to say, I need you or I was disappointed in this moment. Where are you at? God wants us to be open and honest with him. Christ knew what this man needed, but he waited to hear from him. And so, like I said earlier, Christ, he came, he bridged the gap so that you and me could have a right relationship with our heavenly father. Okay. And so how does, how do we as humans, how can we have good relationships with one another? I believe it all comes down to communication. If you want a healthy marriage, healthy friendships, healthy relationship with your children, it comes down to how we communicate, how we share our thoughts and our feelings, how we are able to vocalize what we are feeling with one another. And does that change with our heavenly father? Does that dynamic change in our relationship with our God? No. How, a great, how can we have a great relationship without good communication? How can we expect to have a flourishing relationship with God and, and Christ and he intervenes and, and speaks to us and moves in miraculous ways without having clear and open communication with him? And so I want to just tell two things that are important to me that I think uh, we can all understand from a communication standpoint with Christ that I think would revolutionize your praying life this week, that would change the way that you go and talk with him this week. Let me say this from the very get-go, okay? Jesus can handle anything you say to him, for he is committed. He can handle anything you say to him. He will always be there. Warren said something that broke my heart. And honestly, it's not an offensive thing, but it revealed that I was inadequate in some way, shape, or form. Warren said, what about me? And I didn't run away from him. I didn't throw him aside. I didn't push him away. No, no, no. I loved him all the more, and I drew closer to him. Jesus can handle anything you say to him. He is fully and totally committed if you've given your life to him. He is totally committed to you. Look at this. I, I, I got this right here. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. It says this. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will. Born of God, but born of God. 
That's his commitment level to you. Let me just tell you this as a father, and, and yes, my, my, my daughter and my son are, are very young and I have much more experience to gain, but there is nothing, there is nothing in this world that Warren could do, say, feel, act, whatever it is, think. There's nothing that he could do that would take him away from being my son and take him away the love and the compassion and the commitment that I have towards Warren. There's nothing that could take him away. And here's God, the creator of the universe, this Christ who gave his life for you and me saying that same commitment. You are my children. I will never walk away. I will be fully, fully committed. I love that. It goes on even in Romans chapter 8. Paul says it like this. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He can handle a statement. I was thinking the other day, are we allowed to go to him? Are we allowed to go to him and say, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with you. I had this plan for my life. I thought it was going to go out this way and you didn't come through for me. Are you allowed to talk with God like that? He can handle anything. He can handle any concern or care that is on your heart. And truth be told, I think he wants to hear that from you. He wants to hear that you're burdened. God, I started this business right before COVID was happening. And all of a sudden, my whole world is flipped upside down. I thought you were leading me. I thought you were taking me on this journey. I thought you were ordering my steps on how to navigate being a a, a businessman or a businesswoman. I started this and all of a sudden we're in a season like this. Are we allowed to say that to God? Jesus is so committed. He is so full of love that we can go to him with whatever concern or whatever care is on our heart. And so I want to encourage you this week. He can handle what it is that you have to say. Do you need to go and be honest with him and say, hey, I'm feeling this. What about me? What about me? And I know, I know, especially because I'm an imperfect father, that whenever we go to our God and our heavenly father with an open heart, he's going to step in and intervene in an impossible way. Someone say, what about me? What about me? Not only this, but... We need to understand that we can go to him. He can handle anything. But let me also give you this, that his response is not always going to be what we expect, but it is greater than we can imagine. So the way that he responds to our openness, the way that he responds to our, our conversation that we can have with him, sharing the true details, the true feelings and the emotion that we have, whenever we open up, he might respond in a truly different way. Let me give you this. And we shared this in core circles this past week, but I wanted to share this with all of you. Proverbs three says it like this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, our, on your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him. In other words, give him everything you've got and he will make your path straight. In other words, Whenever you submit to him or when you open up to him or you say, here I am, I need you to do this, he's going to go and fix it the way that a God who knows everything would fix it. A a Jesus who knows what is truly good for you and for me, a way that he would fix it. And so there is so much power in letting him and understanding that he's going to solve it in a way that only he knows how and in a time that he knows that is best. Um, There are so many stories throughout the word of God that Jesus moves in a in an unexpected way. Here's these guys who come up to Jesus and say, hey, everyone who's been following you, they're hungry, you're preaching, you're preaching too long, Jesus, come on, okay? And they say, we have no food to feed everyone. And instead of telling everyone to go home, he says, give me these two little fish and these loaves and let's just break them. What a weird response to a need. Hey, these people are hungry, they need to go home. Um, 
<laughs> no, let's break some bread. There's so many instances like that. There's this man who is blind and he, he wants to see and Jesus goes and he picks up this mud and puts it on his eyes. Imagine Jesus picking up mud and putting it on your eyes. You'd be like, look, get off. Like, that's weird. But he does it and he heals the man and the man receives sight in a miraculous way. And so let me just, again, tell you that his response to what you're feeling, his response to what you may need, his response to what is honestly going on in your life might look a little bit different than you expect, but know that he's going to move in a powerful way. And so... His response is not always going to be what he expect, but it is greater than we can imagine. And I want to encourage you one last thought. If you don't know what you feel, and I think that this is such a powerful thing for all of us. If you don't know what you feel or if you don't know how to express what you're going through or, or, or share what is truly on your heart, I want to encourage you. Can you take some time today or throughout this week and set apart some quiet time, five, 10 minutes to really allow yourself to breathe. I don't want any TV on, no distractions, no phones, no social media, no games, no nothing. If you got kids, give them a little break and go into your room and sit quietly for five minutes. Don't think, don't, don't do any of that stuff. Don't try filling the space. Allow your mind and your soul and allow your body to feel and think. Let me just again restate from the very beginning, you do not have to be anything but yourself when it comes to your relationship with Christ. Go to him openly this week. Watch how he responds in a, in a miraculous way, in a way that is greater than you can imagine. He can handle anything that you got, so give it to him. Open up and believe that he is going to move mountains in your life. I hope that this encourages you today. Christ wants to have a great relationship. He did everything possible so that you can have an open, real, authentic relationship with him. So I encourage you, be open this week. Watch how when we say, what about me, how God moves in a miraculous way. Be blessed.